Hey everybody, it's Corey Mosley and this is the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast, strategy, testimony, and real talk for all things entrepreneurship. And it starts right now. Hello, hello, hello. It is that time again. That's right. It's another edition of the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Mosley. And as you guessed it, we're talking all things entrepreneurship, building your business, strategies, tips, techniques, testimonies, what happened to you when you were three years old. We're talking about it all. And as usual, I'm joined by some great guests. I love the diverse guests that we have this season. It's super phenomenal. And I really love the international flavor also. I didn't go too far across the way for today's guest, but uh, she's coming to us today from Canada. So it's super exciting. Now, you know what that means, right? That means that we're going to have a super nice podcast because all Canadians are nice, as we know, right? So I'm super excited to have our guest today. It's Fian Obeyan, and she's the CEO and founder of Okiki Consulting, which empowers entrepreneurs and business owners to tell their personal and company brand stories. You know how important this is through video content. We know the power of video. As a content creator and social media consultant, she loves to educate audiences on how to dominate LinkedIn. This is going to be a good one for everybody because we know the talk about LinkedIn and how crazy the organic post and organic strategy still is. Many people are comparing it. I just heard Ryan Dice from Digital Marketer compare the organic reach of LinkedIn today to that of where Facebook was a few years ago before it kind of just became the money kind of spin your way to, to the deal. So this is going to be super important for people. And you know, ultimately, she became passionate about this topic relatively recently, September 2019, when she started looking at the LinkedIn platform as more than just networking, but as a real opportunity to promote your personal brand and become a thought leader in your industry. And ultimately, it's helped her and her commitment now is to help as many others as well. She took her LinkedIn profile connections in growth from just September 2019 to over 6,000 and has since connected with major influencers across the globe and even had a partnership with IBM. Fian, thank you for joining the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Corey. Yeah, super exciting. When I, I we were coming on, and I'm like, oh, oh, Canada in the house. So I'm like, oh, this is just super, super nice because I love being there. Now, what province uh, are you are you coming from? I am coming from Saskatchewan, so we're right in the middle of Canada. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Interesting. Well, thankfully, we're not speaking French today because I definitely would be out uh, if we <laughs> if, if we had to do that. So uh, so I appreciate you, you know, right out of the gate. So LinkedIn, we, we know the power of that. And what's so funny to me is when it comes to LinkedIn, people, you know, talk about referrals and, you know, in sales and, and getting referrals and kind of everybody wants to get known and think about all these ways. And so many people, A, miss really, miss LinkedIn, you know, miss it as an opportunity, especially when it comes to the the referral piece and the recommendation piece. And I talk about in some of my keynotes, the idea about, you know, how people will come to me all the time and they'll tell me how great their product is, how great their service is, how great they are. And, I'll go on their LinkedIn profile and they have like zero recommendations. <laughs> and and I just laugh and I go, well, 
does anybody else know that you're great? <laughs> so I'm super excited to, to really have that conversation about LinkedIn and about the power of that. Tell us a little bit about your story, because this was kind of relatively new for you saying, hey, I want to go in this area and get really good at it and, and, and now help other business owners. So tell us a little bit about your story. Yeah, no, and I, I love what you were even saying about the profile because <laughs> it's so true. What happened with me was that uh, I started Okiki Consulting right out of college. Uh, I would just be working with nonprofits and small businesses on Facebook ads and Facebook content strategy and Instagram. So that was actually more of my area. I okay. automatically opened up a LinkedIn profile and company page more out of default, but I wasn't really there. I check it like maybe once every three months kind of thing. But um, mm. in the last year or so, I kind of wanted to change the content I was consuming because when you start doing Facebook marketing and Instagram marketing, you're obviously on the platforms a lot. And I was kind of personally getting a little, I guess, sick of it. And I wanted mm. something different. And so I thought to try LinkedIn because I knew it would be more corporate, more professional. And I thought it might have things that would help in personal development for me. And that's right. exactly what I found that I was really enjoying the content. But one of the interesting things I was listening to a podcast with Goldie Chan, who was named LinkedIn top voice that year. And she mm. was a millennial <laughs> with bright green hair. And I was thinking, <laughs> how did she become a top voice on this platform? Because there's so many stereotypes on the LinkedIn platform about even mm. the age demographics. So yes. anyways, she said, you know, only 1% of people create content on this platform. So it's actually really easy to get seen. And as a natural content creator, I thought, well, oh my goodness, like if I don't take advantage of this now, I'm missing out on a big opportunity. So I just want to test it for myself and, and see if anything she says has validity. So from September, I started posting consistently. So three to four times a week. And I just, like you're saying, I saw massive growth. I went from uh, like 1,600 connections to uh, 6,000 in a matter of months. And um, I was getting clients through videos I was posting. And sometimes it was just videos that I was just talking about something fascinating, like here's some free resources for video creation, or uh, here's some cool tricks you could try for this, or here's you know places you can get subtitle help from. And yeah, so then I get people ringing me in for different things. So um, one guy wanted me to help rebrand his whole website. Another guy brought me into actually, uh, he has a computer solutions company in my city and uh, they deal with kind of like that back end, that info part. But they wanted to do a roadshow with IBM. So he actually brought me on to kind of help coordinate that whole event. Mm. And I've gotten to help people with um you know, doing their LinkedIn profiles as well. So it was just very interesting to me that through organic content, I was able to get these really unique opportunities without spending even on ads. It's just literally putting myself out there, you know, making comments on people's posts. Uh, there's someone who I'm going to work with that she was, wanted to work with me simply because of a comment I made on her post, which really surprised me. But I would, I just engaging on the platform, actually like seeing the people you're with as people, like seeing where you can kind of help and then trying to give valuable information and just seeing how quickly that growth happened. It really showed me that people aren't wrong about the opportunity and the organic reach on there. So, yeah. So, so, so let me ask you this. So what do you think, what are some of the common 
kind of mistakes you you know you see people making when they are trying to approach so i mean let's forget about the people who aren't even who are making a mistake to not even bother with linkedin right mm-hmm. that, let's forget about those people Let, let's think about the people who are on and maybe think they're think they got it popping on linkedin and what what mistakes do you see you know typically people making with trying to really make connections or do business or network what, what do you see yeah okay so in recent times i had done like a few coaching sessions with people and i know like with some of them i was telling them you know before you go into like being too salesy like in terms of like the main content like on the news feed you just gotta imagine that's like that top part of your funnel so you're really dealing with brand awareness piquing people's curiosity really letting them know who you are and so I kept encouraging them like make sure you're giving something of value like you're not just saying hey buy my course or hey come to my workshop so that's like the first part people kind of misunderstand like even someone like Grant Cardone was saying the other day like he's made videos that are like very salesy that do super well on Facebook tries the same thing on LinkedIn and they go flat, you know? So it's just right. kind of like, um, people do. Shout, shout out to GC. That's a, uh, that's, uh, I know GC for about 15 years. So shout out to Grant, uh, <laughs> yeah. on here, but, and, and you have to say like, take somebody like him. It, it doesn't right. He puts out so much content though, right. that it doesn't even matter because the moment one thing hits, there's another thing coming right in, in 10, 12 more minutes. Same thing with like a Gary V, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just interesting to even hear that perspective. And um, so many of the people who are like, you know, make content that do well, that's basically what I was following. And so, yeah, it's about giving the value first and the people will see that. Then you can link them to something like through your profile, like you're saying, making sure that information is there. Cause yeah, they've watched a video. They're curious about you. They'll check your profile. What do you have in your headline? What do you have in your summary? How can they reach you? And so often that is, actually the process they go through so for me to usually watch my content follow my business page and then go to my website that's usually the process they go through and so just understand like what what stage you're at with um the types of content you're trying to put out now of course um if you feel like you've had some like really engaged followers for specific content again you can try maybe be more specific with that content to them But right off the bat, you just got to think of it as this open field, um, it's brand awareness. A lot of people don't know who you are. And so just make it like something inviting that will make them curious about what you actually have to offer. So I guess in terms of the initial content you're putting out, that's um, a mistake I'm seeing. Yeah, back to the profile too, not just fully explaining who they are, um, not taking advantage of every area of that profile to really showcase their talent. So even something as simple as the back cover photo, that, that's your banner. You could put a lot of call to actions in there, a lot of information, just making sure that as soon as that person sees your profile, they know what you're about and what you have to offer them and why you're qualified to do it. And uh, it leads into that whole process again. So those are some of the mistakes I'm that I would say I see so, right off the bat. So, so let me ask you this. One of the reasons why I think, right, and I'll hear this about getting on and, and you know, social media in itself is just as, as powerful can, as it can be. It can also be debilitating to people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and what do you say to people who are like, yeah, I mean, you know, I put out videos and, you know, only one person liked them. 
or only two people viewed them. You know, I don't I don't think I want to keep doing this. What how do you stay motivated to put out content? Number one. Number two, what is the tipping point? Typically, like I I would use I spoke at HubSpot, I spoke at Inbound a few years ago, um, HubSpot's big conference. And, um, you know, obviously they're just they're, they're stat machines and they were charting out the and this was more about blogging, but they were charting out the production of content and how it was. You know, it went nowhere, 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 nowhere. And then people hit like day 45 and all of a sudden, boom, they started to see this, you know, this uptick. What advice? I'm giving you two parts. I'm giving you two two questions to tackle. You can handle it. Um, one is what about people who get discouraged early on and, and how do they stay motivated and stay engaged? And two, is there kind of a tipping point or an ideal range that you really need to be committed to the strategy for at least X amount of time? to start to really get some traction? Yeah, very good question. Okay, so first of all, um, I know for my first couple of videos, they were like, you know, 30, 40 views. They weren't really what I wanted. And then I had to look at, you know, just kind of the environment around videos on LinkedIn. So first of all, uh, I made a video of this on LinkedIn that <laughs> people really enjoy. But first of all, make sure your videos have subtitles because they said 80% of people that are watching LinkedIn videos, they're usually actually watching it at their workplace. So they'll mm. watch it on silent most of the time, but they are watching it. But obviously it. they just, that's one big factor. Um, try to make, you know, headlines or a thumbnail at the beginning that kind of explains what the video is about, or that'll be interesting and entertaining. So adding those two factors uh, changed um, the viewing of my video significantly. Um, okay. And then, also, that the way the algorithm and the algorithms always change, but there's a big thing around if you're posting a couple of things a week. So let's say it's too exhausting for you to do multiple videos. At least try to have three or four posts of something um, during the week. So whether that's a long form text post, a graphic, and um, something that brings up conversation because the more people are engaging with it, the more they're seeing, okay, people find this interesting. We're going to keep bringing it back. And the nice thing is even if it's like an old post and someone just found it and re-engages with it again, it, they bring it right back into the feed all over again. So when, even with text posts, I try to ask questions or make comments that really bring up conversation and similar with a video, you want it to not only be you giving them something, but, you know, have a call to action at the end. Like I had one about event planning and I was asking what kind of apps do you guys like to use to plan your events? You know, so um, something that really um, compels feedback. Those are the types of things that you'll see that really keep people going. So, yes, if you're posting maybe one video a week, you probably won't see or if you're posting yet yeah, one video or just simply one post a week, for example. Yeah, you probably won't see a lot of traction, but let's say you have one video a week with a couple graphics and a couple text posts or two videos a week with a couple of those, you'll actually start to see something uh, begin to happen, kind of like a snowball effect rather. Uh, mm. And another thing too um, is that some people are saying they're having trouble and they're under uh, 200 connections. You actually have to be at, at least 200 connections to start seeing something happen because- Oh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, uh, because that's what you're considered an all-star. So if 
so some of the people I've talked to, they're like at like, you know, a hundred or 80 connections and you'll still get seen like LinkedIn wants people to get, create content. So they'll still try to push you, but it's just like, there seems to be a, another effect once you get past that number and it's just way easier to get those views and uh, those comments. And, and you got to keep in mind to everyone that you're connected with, they'll see, you know, they have a huge chance to see your content more than the other platforms, but also their friends do too. So that's why you do want to make those connections and then it, you know, keeps amplifying out of just where you're posting it. Now, so, so let me ask you this question. Now I, I have a, uh, a friend of mine, he's, he's real heavy on Facebook, not I mean, like he's real heavy on organic, real heavy on engagement. He's constantly cleaning his friends list and, yeah. you know, using apps to look at engagement, not engagement. And, yeah. you know, this conversation about how the algorithm, you know, we talk about the algorithm, how that rewards right engagement and activity so having a lot of dead weight on your in his friends list with people who don't who aren't liking who aren't engaging who aren't posting based on his assessment of the uh, of the algorithm hurts his overall engagement so having 3000 people and only 500 engage that that hurts his overall his overall engagement so he cleanses those people now my question is on LinkedIn, when we talk about having thousands and thousands of, of you know, just do you connect with everybody? Like anybody that wants to connect with you, you're like, boom, just so you <laughs> can have a, a, so just so you can have a shot at, you know, just so you can have a shot at serving them content and seeing if something, not necessarily pitching them, but serving content and bringing them into your ecosphere. Or are you like, Cause like on Facebook, if somebody like tries to friend me, I mean, I look at their page. Like mm-hmm. you've got one picture um, from two years ago. Like I'm not dealing with it. If I if I don't know where you, if you're not kind of astute enough to talk to put where you work or what you do or like that whole thing, I just don't. I just don't do it. Like I just I'm not interacting with everybody. So uh, I know Facebook and LinkedIn are different. So I wanted to get your opinion on the LinkedIn side of things that. Should people just be connecting with anybody or everybody or should they be strategic about it based on, you know, their their business or their interest or what have you? Yeah, definitely. So um, when I do workshops or when I'm coaching people, I do say, first of all, focus when you're doing the especially when you're doing the outreach, um, focus on strategic connections that kind of make sense um, for your industry. So this is going to sound a little funny even for like the Facebook side of things. But sometimes uh, it's even encouraged that if someone from your competition, for example, did want to friend you on LinkedIn, that you could actually even connect with them because the people that follow them will see your content too. Mm. So it's strategic in different ways. That's um, so strategic in terms of like, who's your ideal client? Who's that client avatar? It's strategic in who's interested in that topic the topics that you would be talking about or that industry. And so that's how I look at my connection. So yeah, I definitely turned down because the thing is when you start making videos or anything that people are starting to talk about, you'll get a bunch of requests too, to keep in mind. So I have turned down ones that, you know, I think LinkedIn's just, it's normal to have those people who are like, Hey, I want to help you with your SEO or this, this of your website. And you right. never really ask them to, to help you out. You don't know where they're coming from. So I'll get a lot of random stuff like that, that I'm like, mm. okay, like, I'm not really sure. But I'll, I'll, so for me, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty strategic about the types of people adding the industries, even like maybe companies they're associated with, because I know that their networks will have more chance of seeing 
the content I produce. So yeah, for yeah, for me, like for example, I'm based in Saskatchewan, but I've added a lot of people in like bigger cities like Toronto, um, or even in the States. And so like right. people know me out there because I've connected with people in those networks. So it's kind of amplified me out there because the, the province I'm in right now, what I'm doing is, is so new for even <laughs> the space I'm in. And most of mm. them see my content anyways by now, even right. though they're actually not the most active people writing on my content. So I think it's a mix of like, you can think strategically like, okay, like I'm connected with someone who's supposed to be like the head of marketing for like Microsoft in Toronto. He doesn't right. actually like, write on my content but i'm sure that because i'm connected to, to him people within his network are seeing it and so that's why i'm that's that's just, i never it. thought about that strategy so that's pretty interesting i never i never considered that because i've had that happen like people who are are you know potentially in my space that are trying to connect them like dude i'm not connected to you so you could just follow what i'm doing and you know because there's enough of that already right like oh right. you know what well, you make this change in your website. We need to go make this change. Oh, you know, Corey's yeah. doing this kind of video. And, oh, we need to go do this kind of video. And not that I'm super important, but, I mean, we all have people kind of the levels that maybe we, you know, I'll, I look at some stuff that, you know, Grant Cardone's doing, right? Mm -hmm. So we all have that level. But I, I never thought about it in your perspective, you know, because when that happens, I'm just like, yeah, I don't know that I want to, I don't really know that I want to connect with you and, and now have you all up in my feed and everything with, with everything I'm putting out. But that certainly is another way to look at it. So, so from your perspective, you kind of, how, how did you know? So, you know, there's a big talk about passion. And what I'm curious is you talked about kind of getting into this space and, and going right into, you know, entrepreneurship really straight out of college. I'm curious, talk to me about the difference between passion and opportunity, right? Was this like, this is something I'm passionate about or is this something I see a financial opportunity? What was, what's the motivation, you know, behind that idea? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it was a uh, passion. Okay. And what, especially when I decided to do this, like right out of college, like I knew I would have to build up, you know, experience. So I was even open to doing internships at the same time, which I did. Uh, I did an internship for eight months as well. But it was my long-term goal to have, yeah, a company like this because I just get really excited about what people are passionate about. And I mm. feel like there's so much, yeah, there's just so much more interesting work in getting to work with individuals through consulting or coaching. And it's dynamic it's different every day i love hearing like why they're interested in that industry and some of you know the obstacles that they're trying to overcome in their communication style to their target audience and i feel like you get that experience in a way with entrepreneurship that i wouldn't get if i was just you know at a job or just at an agency for example because you're just all about like that one agency's goal and, and their dreams but i i wanted what I had to be more interesting and more dynamic than that. Okay. So would you say now, obviously everybody's situation is different. You know, people hear this. Oh, oh yeah. Well, when I get out of college, yeah, I'm not, forget that. I'm just going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to go do what Fion did now. <laughs> now what, what, because obviously, I mean, you, you like lights and heat and stuff like that. Right. So how, how did you prepare yourself financially from the standpoint of, of really making that, you know, making that decision? I'm just, of just going out <laughs> and doing this. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, 
I mean, somebody hears that and they're like, great, I'm going to go do it too. And then, you know, the bill, the light bill comes or, yeah, or okay. rent is due or like that. Yeah. I mean, how do you, how did you prepare yourself for that idea? Is it, you know, did you go to your family and say, Hey, this is what I want to do. But like, you know, what's your, what's your story about that? Like what's the back, the back end of that, right? People hear the front end of a situation right. and we go, Oh man, she, threw caution to the wind, knew that she didn't want to work for anybody and went out there and started building her business. And that's great. What's the backstory to that? Okay. Yeah. So I will tell people, I don't even know if that's even the advice I would give like everyone to do in right. terms of like, just start a business out of college and just go for it. I want to say there's a bit of that, like naivety of like, yeah, yes. like I'm just passionate about this. You know, I don't really want to work for anyone. Let me just see if I can make it work. Um, right. It's crazy now because I'm like three years later, I'm like, oh, there's so many things. There's a few things that I would do a little differently right off the bat because, again, I was just jumping in. Tell um, me. Tell us, tell us those things. Yeah. So for one, yeah, I, like I said, I, I, I went into it right away. I told my family this is what I want to do. So my parents did give me a load of, they with that I made you know I designed my own website I organized the photo shoot have I you just paid put, them back yet <laughs> I put it all out have you there paid them back of, yet have you pardon? paid them back yet have you paid them back yet have I paid them back yet actually yeah through work too because now I'm helping my dad with his research and that's like a whole other topic so oh so been... so you did a barter that's smart yeah <laughs> Okay, exactly. yeah. You give me money, then I'll do some stuff in the past. I'll do some stuff which, which <laughs> to, has, to work it off. Yeah, which has actually been really sweet because um, I've been, yeah, I designed his site and uh, he's doing a lot of research projects. He's, we're very different. Like, he's totally in STEM and I'm in this. So it's it's a very interesting combination. So so I think that's good. And what, what I want to I'm going to stop for a minute and point out is that, and that's very honest. I think too many people run from the honesty of the situation. Everybody, you know, for people who listen to me have probably heard me talk about this, this kind of thesis of us being taught that the only way to pursue success is to have overcome some tragedy. And I, I think it, I think it creates a false narrative for a lot of people. Like that's very honest. Like, yeah, I got out of college. Uh, you know, I wasn't concerned about where, you know, where I was going to live or how I was going to keep my cell phone on. I went to my parents. My parents helped me out and now I'm starting my business. People skip over that because we generally only hear about, you know, oh, I, I bootstrapped this. For, I, w- I was selling chocolates door to door and I saved I used to sell rocks. You know, I used to sell painted rocks door to door and now I save my money and then I built my business and everybody thinks it has to be that like there's a whole subset of people who, yes, go to their parents for loans or go to their friends or or do these different things to get their business started. It's not always it's not always a struggle. I'm not saying it's been easy for you to start just because of that, but it's not always a struggle story. And I and I always want to point those things out because I think there's a lot of honesty in that. That doesn't make you any less of an entrepreneur or anything like that because it doesn't have to be this belief system that everything has to be sleeping in your car to get your business. Would you agree with that? I, I would. And and to add to that too, like when I told them this, is what I want to do, I actually never even asked them to give me that. They were just, okay. they just believed in me so much that they're like, okay, so I'll be like, to be really transparent. They're like, okay, we're going to give you 
three grads. And to be honest, that was really scary for me because I was like, whoa, you actually believe in this? Like, I was just throwing out an idea. And so I was like, so careful with that. And yeah, like, like Corey, see my website. And, you know, um, I really took the time then to really think of like my brand and like what I was trying to build and like long term what I was wanting to do. And so, you know, I did. I got the website, got the photos, just worked on all those aspects. But one thing I would do, and that's what I said too, is that I did do an internship is like always, even if you want to do it right away, always be open to learning because even if that's your long-term goal, like all those things can add into what you're trying to create. And uh, yeah, something else I would have definitely done right off the bat is getting a coach right off the bat because Mm. uh, I feel like they have, they can kind of like, especially do your research because I know there's a lot of like, you know, cracks out there, but like, right, right. but <laughs> you, right. if you can get a coach that has really gone through the process that you're trying to get through and like, just in yes. that, he can get yes. you over a lot of little hurdles right away because there's a lot of yes. little things. Like I did get clients right away, but like not all of them wanted to pay me the right amount of money or I didn't even know yes. what to charge. I didn't realize the value of some of the jobs. This I was is doing great. For them. Yes. I would do anything and everything. I do web design, brochures. Anything anybody cards. said yes and would and would pay you for. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Because I was just trying to build, you know, my portfolio and launching yeah. this business. And yeah, it did give me a wide range of different types of work I'd done, but um, a coach would have been really nice to be able to go like, okay, here's some like kind of packages we can have. Here's the pricing. Here's why you should feel comfortable with justifying that. So, so yes, you can definitely do that right off the bat, but just, yeah, make sure you have some of those things in place. So it doesn't take you as long to figure that out. So yeah, like Corey said, no, I wasn't in that situation. Um, I do I have gracious family system that would not let me <laughs> be in right, a whole right, situation. Right. Yes. Uh, if it got to that, just being genuine. As did I. And I know that As everyone I. has that and, right. and that's real. But um, to say, yeah, but it, no, it's not easy to put yourself out there, launch this business, especially um, where I'm at in my city. Social media was so new. A lot of people just didn't mm. get it. So I was just constantly just putting out content going up to people calling people trying to convince people why they needed my services and uh i felt like that's why even linkedin has been such a change because i was like the first time it kind of happened more organically i guess Mm. it's funny to show about coaching so i mean i I, obviously that's a space that i'm in and and i have an inner circle group of entrepreneurs that i work with and you know i always tell people when it comes to that because yeah i mean coaching means a lot of different things for a lot of people but What I always like to say is imagine if we were both taking a trip from New York and driving to California and you were in your car and you were going to drive and I was in my car and I was going to drive. The difference for a lot of people from a coaching perspective is just imagine that I started to drive early and I'm in Texas already. So mm-hmm. what I'm reaching back is saying, oh, hey, you're leaving from New York. Well, I'm ahead of you in the drive. So, hey, make sure you don't go down this road, but you go down this one. And you got to stop at that restaurant because it's got really good food. And I, you're, you're, you're passing it back through a road you've already been on, right, as, as an effective means to coach versus there's another school of thought where I never have to have done anything, but I'm going to train on how to coach. And I'm not knocking that. But but to your point, there's the lived life kind of coaching, and then there's the formality of the academic version of, of potentially coaching. And those are two different things. 
and they both can be effective for people, right? Um, every teacher of, you know, every, every, every teacher of a certain topic isn't always a practitioner of that topic. That doesn't mean it can't be effective. But you, you said something very important that people ignore, which, which is that coaching piece. And I say this often, and let's see if you've ever heard this as you've been dealing with, with um, you know, different business owners, people. I've never met a C-suite or a Fortune 500 CEO or never met any of these people that told me, you know, they increased sales or built their brand uh, by joining a free Facebook group, right? Professionals hire other professionals. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I yeah. would actually. Yeah. And so like, it's, that's why it's so funny asking me like what kind of got me into that right out of college mm -hmm. now yeah. it's just like i think what you do when you're young and there's so many things about like being an entrepreneur there's so many things you believe too like that you learn are like like obviously you're attracted to the freedom and the flexibility but i definitely have worked way harder in my entrepreneurship that I ever did in my internship, like in terms right. of like how hard I'm working. So there's a lot of interesting narratives out there. I think specifically for millennial entrepreneurs that might not give them the full picture of what it is. And yes, I still love it. Still what you, I want you, to do. You mean yeah. the Instagram post of the guy in Bali with his feet in the sand <laughs> and his MacBook open and it's raining cash? You mean <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you, you mean the 72 hour Shopify store that's gonna be producing a million dollars and and pitching that out? Yeah, they, they leave a lot. That that's why I wanted to go back to that story and go, okay, great one from college to here. I wanted to get the backstory so people have an appreciation for that. So a couple things I want to a couple things I want to tie up on LinkedIn, and then I want to, um, and then we're going to hop to some of our our fun trivia stuff. LinkedIn now, as as it's gaining popularity, right? As people are beating their drum, what is your philosophy? We talked about content and pushing out content, but let's talk about the the linking in, the connecting, and then the connecting, and then the boom. Hey, by the way, I do X, Y, and Z because there's a lot of spam, for lack of a better word, that is coming into this thing where you know people. I've been approached by you know, virtual companies to, you know, they're going to build my LinkedIn by going in and cracking, cranking, you know, a bunch of invites to people and then hitting them with uh, this, you know, intro that talks about all this stuff. And I've re I've just personally not my style. I mean, not how we, you know, deal with our business, but there is a lot of that happening. What advice are you giving people in terms of their approach? Or is this an area you're even getting into the, their approach to actually linking in with somebody and then, how they cultivate that relationship versus I say yes. And then boom, all of a sudden you want to, you want me to book this call with you and you want me to do this. And you know, you're telling me about all the 16 different things that you do all literally the moment after I said, okay, I will connect with you. Yeah, for sure. So definitely like building that conversation up because that is a platform where people are just so used to getting, you know, those, random sales messages or sales emails that just don't even seem relevant to what they're trying to accomplish or where they're even at. So I know for me personally, um, like I said, like I try to be really strategic with mine. So there'll often be people who I feel are like in certain sectors that I can resonate with or even groups that I'm part of. I'll just say, hey, I'm trying to connect, you know, with other thought leaders or podcasters or entrepreneurs or speakers uh, who are trying to, you know, grow their influence on LinkedIn. If that resonates with you, I would love to connect like something like that. And I find that that message is 
a lot more um, inviting because some of them will connect with me and actually say, even though I haven't um, actually offered to sell anything at that point, I'm just trying to connect. will say, oh, like, I don't actually need any services from me right now, but I will definitely refer you to people that do. Thanks for letting me know um, that you want to connect in this kind of industry. Or some of them will go, oh, oh, cool. Yeah, I'd love to connect. That really resonates with me. And then some of them actually offer to say, oh, when can we talk this week? So I find that right. when it's um, more of that invitation process, it goes better. And That's because they're pre- so nice. That's because they're so nice in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Do that. I want you to start prospecting in New Jersey and tell me what they say in your inbox. <laughs> when I start saying that, yeah. I want you to do, I want you to target New Jersey and see what kind of nice things that they say to you. <laughs> uh, you know, some nice messages that, so, so you have that, you know, it, you have that advantage. It's kind of like when I work with salespeople, you know, if I work with, if I'm working with salespeople and they're like in, you know, Butte, Montana, uh, like, don't complain to me that the customers are so difficult in Butte, right? When when I say, you know, let me take you to the Bronx, New York, and then I'll show you a difficult customer, right? You got no idea what difficult customers are sometimes. So so yeah, you've got some nice people over there, right? That are oh hey, let's you know let's and talk, I right? I, I will say too to add to that, I've actually even used that approach with um, a lot of the connections I made from the states too, and. And I found it's been really good. And then from there, I usually say, thank you so much for connecting with me. And then I, I give them, you know, a piece of like content that I've made that I feel would be valuable and helpful to them. And then from there, if they're like, oh, yeah, this is great. I'd love to talk more. That's when I do. Uh, okay, like, here's a, you know, a link. Let's do a, a call, like a discovery call. But yeah, to add to what you're saying, it has been interesting because sometimes I have sent those out to some people in the States and it's been like way more conversation back like, oh, what can I do to send to you? Do you need this nutrition thing? Hey, (laughs) what kind of workouts are you doing? And I'm like, whoa, 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 where's all this coming from? So it is funny like comparing the different approaches for sure. I had a guy. (laughs) I I learned from both sides. (laughs) I I remember I had a guy. I I say I'm on I'm on a a weight loss and fitness journey. I say that in air quotes. So it's something, you know, in my ecosphere that I'm constantly dealing with. But I had this guy who, you know, is like a fitness coach and, but he's like rude. But what he would do is anytime I would go somewhere, like I was doing a radio, I was doing a radio spot and, you know, you, you're, you're in the radio, you're at the radio station and like you take pictures with the host and everything. So I posted one of the pictures of me and the host when I was at the radio station promoting my book. And he sends me a message like, you think it's time for a trainer? Like that was his note oh to me. Gosh. Like, yeah. <laughs> Just so, oh I, like, I, I was like, wow. I mean, I, I appreciated the brashness of it, but like, I mean, you know, he was just being real, right? I mean, like, okay, oh, dude, I don't, I don't need you to tell me that I need, I, uh, I should probably have a trainer. But it was just so brash, and I mean, like, that's, I found it intriguing as a studier of marketing and and right. and, appro- and different approaches. But I, but like, what a dick! I mean, like, yeah. I, I mean, that was my feeling. Like, that was kind of brash, dude. Like, that wasn't going to endear me to you. I, no. I touche. I think I wrote him some comment back, like you know thanks for pointing that out or whatever it was but it was certainly a rude approach to 
to certainly driving your business, but I guess to each his own, um, yeah. as they say. So, so, yeah, so those, those people are intense. Like I got one, yes. uh, he's like, uh, give me two questions of, of what you think you're dealing with or that I can answer. So I just, you know, randomly wrote something and I think he barely answered one. And then he's like, okay, let's set up a call. And he's like, then I didn't really say much. He's like, is everything okay? And so it was just like this constant, so yeah, some of them can be a little too intense. And yeah, like uh, Corey's saying, you don't obviously want to rub people the wrong way if your whole goal is to help them. So. Right. Well, and listen, I'm sure, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm taking a, uh, uh, but I'm sure you also, maybe they're nicer, but you, you know, you deal with other nonsense, just period. You know, people maybe probably wanting to take the conversation somewhere else uh, that, you know, that that's you're, you're talking about doing some business and maybe people are, uh, people are strange. I mean, I just got to put yeah. that out there. Right. Just yeah, like, yeah. just, you know, strange. I, 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 I'll put it that way. Um, all right. Let's talk about your craziest entrepreneurship moment so far, I guess we should say. Um, you know, what's something that, you know, what's something that comes to mind? I just had a guy on who was talking about, you know, he emailed, he sent 11 emails to his like heroes and, um, and Jeff Bezos actually responded. So that was just like a crazy moment for him. What would you say has been one of your craziest uh, entrepreneurship moments? Uh, did I say two? Oh, sure, go ahead. Yeah, so one of them was... Um... I got to be part of a virtual panel with the authentic networker and they basically put on these like zoom conferences that have like hundreds of people on them, like, and from all over. Um, but she was looking for panelists and I just submitted and that was my first virtual panel and it was a pretty massive one. So that was a really neat experience and got so many follow-up emails and, leads just from that and and that was a really yeah it was just really awesome to actually be on the nice. panel people who had been in the industry for like you know and you just took a shot right years. you were just yeah. like you were just like let me give it a sh what's the worst that can happen they say no right yeah exactly yeah. and then the other one was uh there's this podcaster mark gaberti and he puts out so many podcasts i believe he does like five a week it's something okay. that's, and like he just has like a big podcast following that's his job yeah i mean that's yeah. like he's got a he's got a monetization model there for that right definitely yeah. and so i just like gave him a shout out on linkedin i was like hey i love your podcast i just started one two in the fall and i'm really shocked that you're able to put out that much content in a week like that's amazing and then next thing he's like oh you know i just checked out your profile and I think I want to interview you for my virtual summit coming up. So that was nice. like really shocking to me because it's kind of like shouting out. Is he Canadian? Who, no, he's not. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Wow. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you guys have nice people too. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, we're, we're, we're great. <laughs> I'll get hate mail now. We're nice out here. Don't insult us. No, everybody. Well, I deal with a lot of nice people every, every single day. So this part of the segment, we call our entrepreneurship rapid fire. It's an opportunity for people to get insight into kind of how, you know, the tools you use, how you think, what your interests are as a business owner. So you're going to give me the first answer that pops in your head. So you're not going to, I'm not going to give you too long on it. And, um, and we're going to do some rapid fire. Are you ready? Yep. All right. PC or Mac? Mac. Okay, that's the right answer. Favorite credit, what's your favorite credit card for uh, managing your small business right now? Visa. Is there a particular company, bank you use? Uh, I use a company in Canada, it's called RBC. 
Okay. I, I know RBC. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> physical planner or digital planner? Ooh. Um, physical planner. Physical planner. Favorite software right now to manage your business? Mm. I want to say acuity scheduling. Okay. That's where you do your strategy calls and all that stuff to stay organized. Mm-hmm. Starbucks, Dunkin', or other? Or I guess Tim Horton, I should say, down there, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> right now, I'll say Starbucks. <laughs> Starbucks, okay. When it comes to thanking someone, are you a thank you card or thank you email kind of person? Oh, usually email. A thank you email? When it yeah. comes to reading and learning, hardcover book, tablet, or audiobook? Ooh. I like reading with um, books, yeah. Physical. You like like the whole smell and the feeling and that whole deal? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. What's your next big goal? My next big goal is to be able to launch a course on what I've been learning on LinkedIn, but a really like dynamic interactive course that will really help people um, push to their goals very quickly. And that's what I like to see. And, and while, while the algorithm, while the organic reach is still good for them. Got it. Final question. If you could have one day, with any person you see as a mentor that's still alive, who would it be? Any person I see as a mentor in general? Uh, yeah, like if you could have one day with anybody, any any mentor uh, where you could, you know, ask them questions or anything, it would be, who would that person be? Hmm. Okay, um, Jenna Kutcher. Who is, who is that? Jenna Kutcher is um, a really big podcaster in the business space. But okay. one of the things I like about her is that she's just super down to earth and mm. yeah, she's super successful. Yeah, well, Jenna has- Kutcher, when you hear this, Fionn wants you to mentor her for the day. So let's see if we can get your people and her people together. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Final, final, final. It's our entrepreneurship trivia question. Okay. Multiple choice. So you got a 33% chance to get it right. All right. <laughs> Are you ready? All right. Okay, who said the following? You get in life what you have the courage to ask for. Here are your options. A, Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank. B, Oprah Winfrey from Oprah Winfrey. Or C, Ariana Huffington, founder of the Huffington Post. You get in life what you have the courage to ask for. I want to (laughs) say... I want to say C for some reason. I'll go. Ariana Huffington? Yeah. Is that your final answer? Yes. Okay, that would be the wrong answer. But oh, don't okay. worry. A lot of people get it wrong. <laughs> the correct answer. Well, who was your gut? Was that, what? Well, did you change your, I was just, I'm just curious. Did you have a gut answer and then you changed it? No, no Ariana was my gut answer. Okay. And I was like, I don't know if it's right, but I'm just feeling like it might be her. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did try. B, uh, well, just like in entrepreneurship, sometimes you get it wrong, right? But B <laughs> is Oprah Winfrey was the Oprah. correct answer. Yeah. <laughs> so, Fionn, it's been, super, it's been super exciting to have you on the show today. Tell everybody, people want to connect with you. I've been scrolling through your LinkedIn, uh, your Okiki Consulting since, we, since we've been on the uh, podcast. So tell everybody if they want to connect with you, follow you, see what kind of content you're doing, connect with you. How do they do it? Awesome. So, yeah, if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, simply look up my name, Fionn O'Brien, and that's F-I-Y-I-N. 
O-B-A-Y-A-N. Um, you can check my website, www.okikiconsulting.com. And that's O-K-I-K-I. And that's where you can follow um, the majority of what I'm doing right now. That's uh, been most of my focus. Feel free to connect with me, uh, reach out to me, send me a note, tell me how you heard about me. <laughs> and yeah, I'd love to get connected. Awesome. I really appreciate you joining the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Corey. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it certainly was. As I close out today's episode, I'm asking that you subscribe to my podcast to get the latest episodes as soon as they are released. If you like what you're hearing, please leave a review. And if not, just keep it to yourself. And if you've heard something today that you think can help someone you know, then I encourage you to share it. Finally, if you are a business owner that is ready to become a fearless entrepreneur, then head on over to my website, fearlesswithcory.com, to learn more about the most comprehensive business growth support system for entrepreneurs on the planet. I'm Corey Mosley, and this has been another episode of the Fearless Entrepreneurship Podcast. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next week. Yeah.